The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. He can't figure it out. He's an old man that doesn't know technology. Will he figure it out? It's a microfluorial. Nope, he still can't do it. Oh no. How do you play this game? Florio has no idea I'm taping him right now. This is amazing. Amazing. Oh, he finally figured it out. He didn't hit the first time. Will he hit the next time? (laughs) That was yesterday at the Las Vegas airport on the way out of town. I am home. I am back in my natural habitat after nine days. Chris will be joining us momentarily. Minor technical issue from his home studio because apparently there's some weather in Connecticut this morning. He did not make the trip into the NBC Sports studios. His home studio was not cooperating with him. And as always, Chris is very cool, calm, and collected. When there is any sort of technical difficulty, he will be with us on Zoom momentarily. What happened was my flight through Phoenix to Pittsburgh left at 1 o'clock local time. Chris's flight left at 1.30 local time from Las Vegas to New York. Now, it's a fairly big airport, and there were a lot of people there yesterday. We went to the airport independently. I had my wife, he had his wife and his two kids. And at one point, what I wanted to do was take a picture of the snow capped mountains off in the distance because they look great. And it's kind of surprising to see snow capped mountains when you're in Las Vegas, even when it is February. So I walked from one side of the terminal to the other side of the terminal at my wife's suggestion to take a photo of the snow-capped mountains. When I did, unbeknownst to me, Chris and his family were in that area, and I didn't see him because there were so many people there. I kind of slipped through to the window, took the picture, and went back. So Chris saw me and decided to tail me, to tail me back to where I was. I had no idea that he was following me. I had no idea that he was even there. And I had been wanting to play the slot machines all week. I had passed by them time and again, walked right by. They're everywhere. And when you're staying in a hotel, there's a casino there for most of the hotels. Not all of them, though. We stayed in a hotel over the weekend that did not have a casino. But for most of them, you got to walk through. They're there. They beckon you. So I was beckoned by the thought machine that was right there on the way back to our gate. And it said $1. There he is. Good. I can explain to him what happened. And that was a very good video by you. How are you? I wish they had played the whole thing, though. I wish it had been unedited because I think it was better unedited, but that's not my call. 
edited for time constraints. It's about one minute. I'm going to post the whole video today on Twitter. But you followed me back, and I had no idea. So I see the slot machine, and and it says $1. So yes, I had I some that. dollar bills in my pocket. It says $1. <laughs> so I sit down, I put a dollar in, and a damn thing won't work. And I almost got up and left. I said, well, free dollar. They got a rigged machine here because it has a button to call for help. It's like, I'm not going to call for help for $1. Yeah. And then I look at it more carefully. Oh, it's $3 for a play. Well, why in the hell do you put $1 in a – it's right there, a big one with a dollar sign next to it and then tiny little sign, $3 per play. So that's what I was trying to figure out. Why did my $1 not activate – the one arm band. And also, the thing on the side is just for show. It's just, just for show. show. I love it. It doesn't do I anything. Love it it right. doesn't do anything. You know, Reminded me of when you look like. The, Go ahead. It was great. It was great. I love. I you know I watched you walk away, and then I saw you just kind of like seeing the love of your life. You just saw the slot machine. You're like, huh? I have some free time. Let me go over there and say something. And then I see you sitting there and you're reading it. So I was like, I was there with my daughter at the time. I was like, all right, I'm going to walk up behind him and, and get out the get out the camera phone and start to do it. And here you are. Look at it. There was strike one, pulling the lever. There's strike two, pulling the lever. And he's fumbling with it and looking at money. Like, yeah, total old timer there at the but slot you machine. Can, I don't that know if you can word. see it. It says <laughs> – it says $1. I put my dollar in, and then I finally realized uh, in, in the fine print, it actually takes $3 to activate the thing. And it doesn't even spin for very long, for crying out loud. Give no, me some drama. No Give me some buildup. Right. Right. What a, I mean, the whole thing is a freaking ripoff. It really is. Well, didn't I you mean, see, make it go. Make see, it click. Did you see the fine print underneath that says, person that sits down for the $1 is a sucker? No, but I, ha you know what? I ha I wanted to play it one time on my way out of town. I wanted to play one time, and I did, and I did, and you it did. sucked. You did. So, so uh, it it, it almost right, sucked you as badly on... as when I had time to kill. Go ahead. Are Are you back on East Coast time yet? No, like, no. Is it weird for you? Right? We got home. I mean, it was hard for me to wake up this morning. Right? I was totally. I'm totally on oh, West was... Coast time. So. My clock is messed yeah. up. No, we got home last night at one o'clock, and I was fine. I was, I was like, I'm not tired. It's ten o'clock. What am I going to do? I, I did a little copy paste snarky comment, although I don't think there was any snarky comment in the story I posted last night, and did some other things. Started to unpack a little bit, and finally went to bed at two o'clock. So, uh, and I thought, and I wasn't even thinking I got to get up in four and a half hours. I'm just thinking I'm tired. It's time to go to bed. I'm getting up at 6.30. Right. It doesn't feel like 2, but it feels like 3.30. That was the problem. And, yes, it was hard to get up this morning. And then the other thing that was difficult, because all week long last week, we were just in a different rhythm, a different routine. You know, I'd leave my hotel room a good hour before the show started. I had my time worked out. And so we slipped back into, at least for me, getting the shower at 6.40-ish. You know, go through the whole routine, shave, dry the hair, attach the toupee, come up here. And, it, and at one point, I looked at my clock, and it's like, I'm kind of off a little bit here. It's it's 6.52, and I'm at about 6.47 on my usual routine, so I really had to accelerate things. So, yeah, it's an adjustment. It's great to be home, but it's an adjustment after being in Las Vegas for, I've been saying eight days. It was really nine days. It's a long time right. to be away from home. But I do, I do love Las Vegas. I do love Las Vegas. My wife said last night, there's no reason to go back until there's another Super Bowl. And I said, I don't know that I agree with that. I could go back <laughs> and spend some time and some I, money. I agree. I don't, I don't want nine days, right? You're not supposed to spend nine days in Vegas. That, that's for sure. Uh, but I, it was a lot of fun. It was a great Super Bowl host city. It was. I mean, the, the, the hotels, the setup, it's made for the Super Bowl. And I'm with you. Like, it was cool to be back. And maybe I will go back before the next Super Bowl. I had a lot of fun as well. But 
Uh, I, I, like you, I think had the same thought. We talked about it a little yesterday. I mean, Vegas, that seems like a slam dunk to be in the regular rotation with L.A., New Orleans, Miami, Arizona as kind of the staples for the Super Bowl host cities. And I, I think it proved to really be the perfect spot. The stadium was amazing. We didn't even talk about that. That was my first time in Allegiant Stadium. Uh, I was really impressed with the setup and how everything was there in Vegas. I was surprised, though, that it only held 61000 for the Super Bowl. But as you said yesterday, with some of those suites upwards of $5 million, they still made their profit margin. And it reminds me of something that you know I've heard from folks who make a lot of money off of owning stadiums there isn't a whole lot of margin in the usual upper deck at a stadium for a regular season game. Right. You got a lot of expense, not a lot of revenue. Not like the revenue that you have in the lower level and in the suite level. And the revenue is all that mattered on Sunday. And there was plenty of revenue from those tickets for the NFL. And also the NFL's got its its finger in the pot when the official reseller moves the ticket from one to the next. They get a little here. They get a little there. They make money off the transactions. So there was a lot of money to be made by the NFL in Las Vegas, a lot of money to be made by the casinos in Las Vegas. But I also saw this last night. Apparently, the casinos didn't love having the Super Bowl there because it scared away the usual whales. And whale is just the oh. the, the the fancy term for the folks who just piss money away and have no qualms about it, you know, you're used to your routine like we are. You go to your spot in the casino. You go with all your money. You spend, you spend, you spend. And now you're there and there's all these yahoos like me that don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. I got in trouble at the craps table on Sunday. Got a little trouble. What'd you, what'd you do? I, viol- I, violated, I violated craps table etiquette. Well... I had time to kill before I got on the bus to go to the Super Bowl because usually what I do is I ride with my wife to the game and then I find the media entrance, which is always a big ordeal. Based on the email they sent out to the media for this year's Super Bowl, they said it's imperative that you ride the bus from Mandalay Bay to the game. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to walk in then, that they're going to have it set up where you can't just wander around and find the media gate and go in. It turns out I could have. But I decided yeah, to go back to Mandalay Bay. My wife, my wife went separately with Larry Mazza, who I think you've met, and he, he takes a group there every year. He, she went with him, and I went back to Mandalay Bay, and I had some time to kill before the bus left. And I, ha- I was up 300, if you recall correctly, uh, from when we gambled last Monday night. So I went to play blackjack first, $200 a hand. I sat down. It's too late to get up. Why don't you sit down? You can't get up. I sat down and it says $200 hand. Well, I got $300 to gamble. What the hell? I'll play a hand of blackjack. And, of course, I get freaking 16. What do you do on 16? I'll make the dealer Ooh. hit. And the dealer ended up the dealer ended up with 18. 200 gone like that. So then I had 100. And I went back to the craps table where we won. And I'm holding my bag. I got my bag with my computer in it, getting ready to go cover the Super Bowl. It's like, this is great. I'm going to play some craps. You got some time to kill. And I'm holding my bag in one hand. And like after the first roll, it it crapped out and it came to me. They pushed the dice to me. So I picked up two dice and I said, well, I got to put my bag down for this. So I removed the dice from the field of vision of the Crippiers as I put the bag down. What? Yeah. So I had no idea. I had no idea. You put in your so, own magic so, dice you know, and took over the casino. What'd you do? I put in, I mean, I put in my own. I put in my own magic <laughs> dice. I, I pulled the. I pulled the two dice away, and as I put the bag down, I slipped the two dice into my pocket, and I activated the secret little compartment in my jacket, which, which caused two identical dice to come down to my hand, and I made twenty thousand dollars in ten minutes. No, I, they, they, like the, the guy pushed more dice to me, and I'm like I got dice. No, you got to take new ones. We, we got to always have our eyes on the dice. And the one guy next to me was nice. And he's like, hey, you know, it's no big deal. I mean, we know you're not going to cheap. It's just well, we just have to do it. So my dad would right. have been very upset with me. My dad would have been upset with me for breaching the rules of the uh, craps table. And then I started to win some. And like always, I got a little reckless and it was all gone. So 300 I made last Monday on Super Bowl Sunday was gone. And it, but it just pissed me off. That's the thing. 
losing the 300 hurt me more than winning it in the first place, which is why I will never, ever have any issues with gambling because I remember losing the 300 I made far more than I remember the 300 that we won last Monday night. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to have a problem either. You're right. it, it hurts me. I don't know how some of my friends could do it. It'd be numb to just, oh, I lost this, I lost that, or or just the you know the sheer excitement of it and the, the gambling aspect of it. it it's uh, I'm always amazed by the people and my friends that can do it on a consistent basis I, because I can't. You know, it, it's definitely it's a once in a while thing, and I think the one day we did it was the only time I really gambled the rest of the week. I never got into it again, just being busy and friends in town and all that. Uh, but I did want one more shot at the crack, uh, craps table for sure. By the way, I think I finally figured out your scam as our plane was getting ready to what? leave yesterday. Uh, you, well, well, you figured out how to get me to move to Connecticut. You cracked the code. You figured it out. My wife loves Go you. Go to the wife. My wife loves your family. Yes. Yep. Yes. It worked. My Good. wife loves your there son. My go. wife wants to adopt your son. He has parents, Joe. Right. He has parents. He doesn't need us. <laughs> so But we could use we could use you guys up here and you could babysit and we'll send Philip over to the house and you, you know, if we go away or gonna do something, you could help out. It'd be a great team duo. You could help me drive them to like baseball and football practice every now and then. So wait, you gotta we got a chance oh, yeah, we're, here. We're, like yeah. Well, yeah. What, what happened? Let me hear the conversation. Yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely looking forward to uh, reopening that chapter in our lives of driving a kid all over the place. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah, not bro. a selling point. Right. That's definitely not a selling point. No, it just, I, it just, it, it, we didn't have any conversation about it. It's just, it made me happy that she liked you guys so much. And it dawned on me at some point Sunday night after the Super Bowl, well, that would be a way to get her to move to Connecticut. It's like, maybe that's what that son of a is trying to do. Maybe that's his plan here. Because she was going on and on about Philip and you and how nice you were and you're always taking care of her. Do you need anything? Can I get you anything? And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's basic human impact. And it's like, well, maybe she will move to Connecticut. We'll see. We'll see. So probably not, but it's <laughs> – it's an easier argument than it would have been nine days ago. That's for damn sure. Um, That's good. What is this? It's a trivia question. What is, what is a slang term for people from Connecticut? And Pete promises it's a PG response. I have no idea. What is a slang term I don't either. for people from Connecticut? That's a, that's a new one to me. Oh, but I see it now. I got it there. Yeah, it makes sense. I've yeah, heard that uh, phrase Pete, before. Pete, yeah. yeah. You know. Nutmeggers. <laughs> because... Connecticut is a nutmeg state. Pete, come on, man. What are you doing? You're disrupting our flow with this. Give, give us something me, funny. Comedy I, well, is hard. What? Good Lord. Let me ask you this. Pete's getting Let me back ask you into this. This is what, the flow, too. One thing about the game itself, right? Right? I, I, th- what's your take on this? Because I was, I think, a little surprised seeing this on social media yesterday. How great the game was. Maybe the greatest Super Bowl ever, right? All of those type of things I see everywhere. I, I mean, I'm one that had a fantastic ending. The last hour of the game was incredible. But all those people out there where I want to go, the game was amazing or maybe the greatest Super Bowl ever. I want to go the first three quarters. It, it was one of the, I don't know, more underwhelming, sloppy Super Bowls in the history of the sport. So I'm kind of surprised to hear that. You know, I, again, the ending was amazing, but I did not find the whole game itself as entertaining as as maybe some other ones, even last year, or other great ones of the past. Yeah, the spin I've seen on it is, oh, it was great defense in the first half. It was drama. It was kind of like a slow burn. It was like a simmer that gradually boiled. And the first three quarters are all prelude anyway, if it's a close game. Like, how much time did we spend yesterday talking about anything that happened before the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter? That's when the game began. When... The 49ers had a chance to essentially end it or manage the clock down to the point where they could have a walk-off field goal and win it. And the Chiefs went with the blitz, and Brock Purdy didn't react to it the way Patrick Mahomes would have. That was a great point that you raised yesterday, that Mahomes would have either thrown it around the blitzing nickel corner or would have done a fake and taken off, or they wouldn't have even 
blitzed one guy at Patrick Mahomes like that because they know what would have happened. So that's when the game started, when the 49ers did not convert that third and four, took the field goal, went up by three, and then off went the Kansas City Chiefs. And there is something that is very important that I think we need to get at. What's that? And this isn't something I saw. I didn't see this. Somebody sent me an email. And the person said, I have a friend who claims the NFL is rigged and I fight back against him all the time. But there was a moment in the fourth quarter in the Chiefs final drive where it was first down for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes had a four yard scramble and they gave him another first down. How is that not the game being rigged when it's first and 10? He gains four yards and he gets another first down. So I pulled up the game this morning after I saw the email. I'm curious to see is this because a lot of times it's just factually wrong. They raise something like that, and you go and look at it. It's like, well, you kind of have the facts wrong here. But it's worth I know the play. Because every know. once in a while, you can trip right. over something. So we've got it. We've got it. And now let me set it up. First and 10 from the 25, after the 49ers went up by 3, 19 to 16, with 153 to play. We're going to show you the two-play sequence, which includes by far the biggest officiating error of the game that no one noticed as it was happening. Roll the tape, Pete. Here it is. First and 10. Patrick Mahomes coming to the line of scrimmage. Has the ball. Sees Travis Kelsey right there. Catches the 30 and clearly gets past the yard to gain. He gets to the 36 without question. They're in hurry up. No huddle. Here we go. First and 10 on the 36. First and 10 on the screen. Jim and Tony talking about first down, first down. Wait a minute. The ball's on the 34. It was second and one. Look, there's the two. Right, right. It's second and one. Yes. How? Chris, what? What? I mean, I've seen some spots where left foot, right foot, the guy falls a little bit. Two yards in that moment of the Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? I would fire everybody for that. How do you do that? Replay assistant? In what orifice is your head inserted? How did everyone miss it? Now, the reason it was missed is because off the Chiefs went, but it should have been first and 10 on the 36 without question. And instead, it's second and one on the 34. And here's the other question I have, Chris. Did it help the Chiefs or did it hurt the Chiefs? I mean, it was second down, but... It allowed Mahomes to do that little run and gain four yards and get a fresh set of downs. It was a second yeah. and one. Second and one may be better than first and ten in that setting. Well, uh, maybe, maybe. I, you know, there's that's to be debated. Either way, a first down. You know, I don't think it's a game changing moment. It's kind of shocking that that could happen, right? I thought there could was a been. number of spots. Could have been. I know it could have been. You're right. I mean, it's it's inexcusable, like you're saying, for the magnitude of the game, the best referees are supposed to be on the game. So I understand what you're saying there, Mike. But I think in the big picture of things and what we're talking about here, no, I don't think it really affects the game. And in a lot of ways, no, I think they would have been more happy if it's first down and keep rolling. Second and one, you're going to call a play actually to go, wait, let's just call something to make sure we get the first down so we can keep that rolling that way. So in, in the big picture of things, I don't think it has a great effect on the overall outcome uh, I do think it maybe changed the Chiefs' mindset. It could have that. Oh, wait. Hey, it's first and 10. We're going to be a keep going aggressive. Oh, no. Wait, wait. It's second and one. Oh, let me get to something quicker. I wonder a if short they even passing noticed that. Game, just to make sure. So I don't know either. The I routes even themselves, I-, I don't know either because the way they, you know, in common sense watching the game, I kind of remember this watching it because honestly, Mike, and I think you're, you're of the same thought here, there was three or four maybe two or three spots of the game that I thought were very questionable throughout the game. Uh, and that was one of them there. But, yeah, again, I don't think it was a, a huge difference maker in, in our final outcome. Now, it was confusing from the standpoint of anyone watching because CBS called it yeah. first and 10. The graphic at the bottom of the screen said first and 10. The yellow line had been moved as if it was first and 10. If you're on the field, you don't see any of that. All you see is the two. Now, what we saw, and I I always thought they had two sets of chains on each side of the field where you saw the orange stick that that is on the back end of the 10 yards and the the stick you're trying to get to. Show this one more time. 
when they show the second two, the the two on the on the, the two on this marker, side on this side of the no. field. Yeah, yeah. Watch right. on this side. There is no orange stick on this side of the field. Watch when they come up to the line of scrimmage and when Mahomes takes off to the right. I don't know if the person like dropped it because they thought they were moving the chains. Maybe pointed saying, hey, hey, Jim, let's go. Let's move the chains here. Oh, no, we're not moving the chains. They, they, they spotted it short. Well, there it is. No, yeah, it's, it's there. there. It it's is there. there. Never mind. Yeah. He pulls back there. with it. Yep. He pulls back with it because yeah. he's getting ready he's to getting move. Ready it was to there. Never mind. It. Never mind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's getting ready to move. But, but yeah. uh, so, hey, anyway, I hear anyway, you. It's an inexcusable mistake. What what if they sack him on that play? And instead of second and 17, it would have been third and seven, third and eight. That 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 changes everything. Now, second and 17 wouldn't have been ideal. But the point is, he had a first down on the first play, and they blew it. They just flat blew it, not by a close margin, but by two yards. NFL, NFL, you got to have your shit buttoned up better than that in the Super Bowl. In any game, really. You can't have a two-yard error on the spotting of a ball in the t- at any time, but especially when a team's trying to drive down the field and either win the game or tie it. It was inconsequential to the Chiefs, but at the same time, it's one of those things like, man, they, they dodged a bullet with that one. I mean, if they had screwed that up and if the Chiefs had seen that drive go to fourth down and hadn't converted there, that would have been the biggest controversy in Super Bowl history. Travis Kelsey actually got a first down. Oh, wait, it was second and short. Oh, wait, now it's third and four. Oh, the pass was incomplete. Fourth down, game's on the line. They didn't get it. 49ers win the Super Bowl. Holy crap, they blew the spot after first and 10. It's just one of those things where they should feel very relieved, but somebody needs to be very upset that Bill Vinovich and his crew with replay assistant in the booth and somebody else from the league there serving as the oversight. Walt Anderson, presumably that they just got that wrong. That is that is inexcusable, Chris. No, it, it's inexcusable. It is. It's, it's supposed to be our, you know, all, all-star crew. It is the Super Bowl. We know what's riding, you know, what's on the line for everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked by it. You know, honestly, Mike, in a lot of ways, and getting back to kind of what we were talking about a minute ago, it felt like the game was a microcosm of the season in a lot of ways. Not – not necessarily greatness throughout. Nobody wanted to take it. A little sloppy. Like, that was our NFL season this year. There was no team that actually kind of took over the league. The Ravens, of course, we thought were there. But even that, I don't think was like, oh, wow, they're dominating till late in the year. The officiating problems throughout, right? I mean, it, it was. It was a microcosm of the year. And, Mike, we had a play earlier in the football game where a bad spot had already affected it. It was in the third quarter. There was a bad spot. The Chiefs called timeout. They came out. They reassessed. They ran the ball up the middle and didn't get the first down. And uh, because of that, hey, it, 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 they ended up punting, and that could have affected them too. What are you te- what are you, who are you texting right now that no, you're laughing I, at? No, no, no. So I, I, just, I, saw, I, saw the, I saw the text from Matt Casey about his two-year-old's reaction to when I said the whales piss money away. Uh, apparently that's quite humorous to uh, two-year-olds out there uh, who <laughs> probably shouldn't be hearing me say that, but kids got to learn sometime. Anyway, you're right about that, and this was a blunder by Andy Reid as well because they called timeout after the play on second and 10. Travis Kelsey makes the catch. Looks like he powers his way to the first down. Looks like he gets it. Now, knees down, where's the ball? But if you're going to take a timeout anyway, drop the red flag. I, now, you lose a challenge if you do, but you also lose a timeout if you're wrong. But that's a pretty big that's a pretty big moment. And let me tell you something. There's no way the ball was a full yard short. There's no Not way it was a full yard, yard short. No you way. see where the blue line was. Right. No freaking way right. that was the right spot. So, Inches. Look, I, I know it's human error. That's why we constantly clamor for a full embrace of technology when it comes to supporting the officiating function, reimagining the officiating function, allowing the seven folks on the field who aren't wearing pads and helmets, who are middle-aged, if not older, who are just trying to stay alive and process what they see in flashes and blurs with the naked eye, help these folks out, help them get it right. It's hard to get it right all the time. 
Use technology to get it right. Put something in the ball. Put something in the sticks. It isn't all that difficult if you just want to spend the money. Chris, it comes back to it. And the irony is they just took us all to a place where we spent a lot of money. NFL, spend some of the money you made in Las Vegas. Spend some of the money you make from DraftKings, FanDuel, and BetMGM. Spend some of the money that your owners are making as their investments, up to 5%, in companies that operate sports books, continue to appreciate. Spend some of that money to make your officiating product better before you have Congress up your butt. That's my advice to the NFL. And you know what? From my perspective, it would be good for business to cover that scandal, which is coming. I'd just rather not do it. I'd rather not the NFL be diminished. You know, Chris, they talk all the time about the public trust in the integrity of the game and all these cliches they they throw out there to justify whatever punishment they want to impose on a player do they really believe that that they want to have because they don't act like it i feel like at times we care more about that than the people who run the league do that we care more about the shield not being diminished that we care more about not having the scandals now it's not our money that would be spent to fix it but we know they've got the money to fix it if they truly care about the words they utter they would fix it the time is now. I mean, it, it's 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 ripe. It's the, the the public's crying for it. I'm sick of defending it. I'm sick of talking about it all the time. I'm sick of seeing it in social media mentions. I mean, I think it would do a lot to kind of ease the public a little bit to spend money in those areas. And and honestly, I think to spend money in those areas is only going to make them more money at the end of the day. It's going to make betters more comfortable and not feel like the fix is in and that things are going the right way. So that's what I don't understand, right? The sport is, you know, it's the biggest moneymaker in the world It's the, as, a, as a league. Uh, you, you said it right. They got all this money coming in from all these different sports, sports books. They got to change this aspect of the game where it, it's 2024 – it's too much big money involved. There's legacies involved. There's people's jobs on the line. And that's where it's got to change, let alone to ease the, the consumer around the sport so they can just enjoy it. And we, I don't want to always have to defend the NFL to say, oh, yeah, you know, it's not fixed and all that crap that goes along with it. I mean, it's amazing how much I hear that. And you hear it even in the – in the airport yesterday. I mean, it never stops, and I think that would go a long way to stop that crap. Hey, look, it all goes back to the comment that Roger Goodell made when they were opposed to gambling in 2012, before the Supreme Court opened the floodgates and they realized we can make some money off of this, so let's stop hating gambling as much as we claim to. Normal incidents of the game, like penalties, fumbles, drop passes, etc., will fuel speculation, distrust, and allegations of game-fixing. That's why I asked that question of Jeff Miller, the chief of NFL PR, two weeks ago in a conference call. Possibly one of the reasons why I wasn't invited to the commissioner's press conference last week because they know I'd go in there ready to put his words back to him and ask him to answer for that. One of the reasons why Shereen Williams, to her credit, who did get invited to this year's press conference and might not get invited to next year's, put his words back to him and forced him to answer it. Not that the answer was anything I didn't expect, word salad, word salad, next question, but they need to understand that what Roger Goodell said 12 years ago has come to fruition. The only reason that we talked about the bad spot, the only reason I know about it from that first play of the final drive of regulation, Chris, is because somebody raised the issue with me under the premise of my friend says the NFL is rigged. I say, no, it isn't. He says, how do you answer for this? Look at this. First and 10, he runs for four yards and he gets another first down. Well, okay, factual error, but it all flowed from that horrible spot that CBS didn't realize was a horrible spot and called it a first down. So people are looking for signs of games being fixed of, of course. officials being of course. on the take of something being amiss that's why and i'm saying this to everyone out there connected to the nfl and all the owners out there and they you'd be surprised how many of them pay attention to the crap we say 
which makes me wonder how they made all their money if they listen to bozos like us. But be that as it may, fix your problems. Fix your problems. Spend the money and fix the problem because what Roger Goodell said would happen in 2012 is happening. They can act like, well, you know, we see some of it. No, no. If you only see some of it, you're not paying attention. We have to deal with it all the time. People are constantly looking for reasons to say the games are fixed. So fix your games. Not that way. The other way. Fix your games so they don't say they're fixed. That makes any sense, and it probably doesn't. Perception becomes reality. That's the bottom line. We see that with everything. Play, whatever. And we see it through social media and the internet all over our world all the time. I mean, to ridiculous extents. We got a few people that say Earth is flat. And a bunch of people jumped on in the whole world. And we're like, damn, I think it is flat. They're hiding for us. I mean, Steph Curry said, I don't know if we really landed on the moon. And like President Obama at the time had a call and be like, stop. You're ridiculous and you're spreading bad rumors. Like, that's the world we're in. So, yes, this is a real kind of living thing like you're talking about. And little things like technology and taking human error out of the game are going to make everybody feel better. Peter and I argued about this 11 days ago or so. The idea that Peter doesn't believe the games are fixed, they can't be fixed, and you know we live in a time where people think the election was stolen three years ago. So at a certain point, you just deal with all the craziness. I think it creates a greater obligation to set the record straight. It creates, it creates a, a, a greater sense of urgency, Chris, to try to change the perception Don't accept the fact that you're going to have a certain segment of the fan base that's always going to say it's fixed. Give them reasons to see that it's not. That's why we say do the XFL slash UFL thing where all the deliberations of replay review are seen. The more that you take out from behind the curtain, the more that is there for people to understand. You know what? It it, It really isn't fixed. They're not hiding behind the curtain doing a bunch of nefarious things. They're pulling the curtain back, and we can see. They're human just like the rest of us, trying to do the, their best, trying to get it right, talking through it the way that we would talk through it as we watch the replay to figure out where the ball should go. That's just one small example of the things the NFL can do to get the public to stop thinking that the games are fixed because too many of them do. Anyway, anyway. that's that. And that's that. Okay. That puts that topic to bed. Not that it's going to be put to bed because the NFL isn't going to listen to us. If anything, what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to be even more determined to not, to not have anyone on the outside, those meddling kids out there, tell us how to run our business. How dare you guys who spend your lives promoting our product tell us how to run our business. Okay, Andy Reid, is he coming back? Now, we talked yesterday about the things he said right after the game. He said, I haven't even thought about that yet which made us think, well, there's something to think about, something to think about. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to take away from the aftermath of the Super Bowl by saying, oh, by the way, I'm out, because then that completely takes away the celebration for the Kansas City Chiefs. Here he is from yesterday, press conference morning after the Super Bowl, with the question and his answer on his future in Kansas City. I think I understood you to say after the game last night you're coming back for another season. Is that right? Yep. Yep. All right. Um, to hang with you. We are. Good reason, then. That's it. Why not um, ride off into the sunset at this point for you? You know, Adam, I, I honestly haven't even thought about it, but I get asked it. I mean, I'm still kind of in awe of the, the game and, and what went on there. So, um I really haven't thought why or what or anything else, but people keep asking me. And I, I keep saying, why did Belichick and Pete retire? You know, those guys, they ask those old guys a question. But I'm, I'm the old guy now, <clears throat> so I guess I'm going to be asked that. But I really haven't gone there. I haven't really thought about it. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, that's the story from his perspective. And this may all just be some sort of a weird sitcom misunderstanding. I mean, the premise of every episode of every sitcom that's ever been made is that there's some misunderstanding that happens in the first five minutes that's magically resolved in the final five minutes. And this may just be that Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, never went to Andy Reid and asked him point blank, are you going to come back after the 2023 season? And I want to go back to what we were talking about yesterday because – I got all these Chiefs fans on social media who think that I made this all up. Hey, hey, folks, first of all, I've been doing this 23 years. Like, if I was making stuff up, I don't think I would have lasted this long in this business for 23 years. You're going to make stuff up. And second of all, if I was going to make stuff up, it would be a hell of a lot more interesting than the Chiefs think Andy Reid could retire after the season. Because that's how this all started. And it wasn't just Clark Hunt sitting around his office saying, gee, I wonder if Andy Reid's going to retire. It was Clark Hunt taking action to line up potential replacements in the event that Andy Reid retired after the season. Now, why would Clark Hunt be lining up potential replacements if he didn't think Andy Reid might retire after the season? We're not rooting for him to retire. We're not saying he's going to retire, folks. I'm peeling back the curtain a little bit. One of the reasons I'm pissed off is my good buddy Nick Wright trying to start some stuff on social media when he's got my number. All he's got to do is call me. If he wants to talk about why I'm saying this, I'll have a conversation with him off the record. Don't start trying to poke me on social media, try to prod me into a fight. I'm not going to take the cheese there, Nick. You know how to reach me. If you want to talk about it, if you want to twist my tail about it and have some fun, I don't care. But if you really want to know what's going on, if you're really curious about why a guy who's been in this business 23 years and been somewhat successful at it would just be saying this out of the blue, putting his reputation on the line, by putting this out there, if you want to know a little bit more about it, a little bit more than what I just said, text me, call me. We can talk about it. You don't have to try to start something on social media to try to get me to, you know, engage with you. And maybe you're going to have more followers than the 616,000 you have. I mean, I don't know why else he would do it. So, so anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Chris, you know more. I know more. We're not just, we're not just throwing darts here. And if he decides to stay, great, great for the Chiefs. But this all comes back to the Chiefs believing that he might and thinking about what would be next if he does. Right. That, that's, well, you know, listen, I'll, I got your back there. You know, Nick Wright got respect for him. But, yeah, Nick Wright, I mean, anybody else out there, this is something that, you know, I'm aware of as well. It goes back to, you know, past this this last season it's to last off season that's what i don't think people are understanding and that it was out there as far as i don't know what andy reed said or how he broached the conversation with the higher ups of the chiefs organization but obviously they felt like ooh there could be a chance and that's what we know and we know that they did reach out to people to let them know there might be a chance andy reed might call it quits after the season Bottom line, that's just the, the facts of the matter. Now, what we've seen here yesterday and everything else, it's, it surely sounds like a guy that's not going to retire, in my opinion. And as we talked about all the time, I mean, wow, it would be hard to retire right now. I mean, Andy Reid, you know, I don't want to say he'd become the villain, but, you know, yeah, you got a chance to do some really epic, special, as his quarterback said, legendary things here right now. I mean, he's climbing up the all-time ranks and is, hey, we're, 
We, we talk about everybody else's legacy. We've hit on, of course, Mahomes. Andy Reid is officially up in the upper room in the Hall of Fame with, like, Don Shula and Tom Landry and Chuck Knoll and, like, Bill Walsh and Belichick, of course, the five, six greatest coaches of all time, Vince Lombardi. That's where he is, right? But, yeah, I don't get the sense he's going to retire at this moment, not right now. And like we talked about, too, you know, I think they're only going to get better with this young football team and the fact that, you know, they can add to some of the holes they had on their roster this year. That's where I fully expect to see Andy back. He's already in fourth place with 258 wins. I assume that's just incredible season. What? And, and he's got Bill Belichick, George Hallis, and Don Shula in front of him. So he's moving, he's moving, and he's got a guy that's going to give him double-digit wins every single year. You got 17 games, too. You got an extra game beyond what you used to have, and you got a quarterback who's going to deliver for you 10 or more every year, every year, every year that you keep going if you choose to pursue that. So maybe it was just a crazy misunderstanding. Maybe Andy said something to Clark that made Clark think, oh, man, this may be it. I better be ready. I better be ready. I better have a plan. I got this great quarterback. I need to have a great coach to pair with this great quarterback. So instead of waiting for it to happen and being caught flat-footed, we're going to be ready a year in advance for what may come if this is indeed the final season for Andy Reid. That's where it all came from. What am I supposed to do if I hear that? You want me to keep you want me to keep that quiet, folks? You want me to say nothing about that if I hear something like that credibly, or do you want to know about it? I would think you'd want to know about it. I'd want to know about it. Now, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'd rather not hear it. But if you want to know what's going on in the NFL, you can't just pick and choose the things you want to hear and the things you don't want to hear. I mean, if you want to plug your ears and say, la, 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 not listening, that's fine. But we're trying to tell you what's happening. And the other side of this, too, and I think this is a point Nick made. Nobody else is talking about this. Well, let me take you back to two years ago when Chris and I were the only ones talking about what the Dolphins were trying to pull with the Tom Brady, Sean Payton two for one. And nobody else was talking about that. And, oh, what ultimately happened with that, Chris? I'm not sure that I remember. What happened when we were the only ones talking about the Dolphins trying to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton for 2022? When no one else was talking yeah. about it. Right, right. Well, it finally came out. Once the seed, we got closer to the season. Everybody started to realize it. And like, oh, hey, you know, those two idiots. They got whacked for tampering. Uh, at, at Pro Football Talk, yes. Whacked for tampering, right? I mean, lost a draft pick, paid money and a fine. Ended the dream of Brady and, and Sean Payton down there in Miami. That was it. And and what 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 drives me crazy about this, but I'm used to it. I mean, as long as the check clears, I don't care. But if Andy Reid doesn't retire for 2024, there will be that segment of Chiefs fans that will just write off everything I said as 100% made up, fabricated, or wrong. And if he does retire, they'll just say, oh, he made it up anyway. He just got lucky. So... Again, as long as the check clears, I don't care. This is what we do. We bring you the information that we believe is credible and reliable. If you choose to reject it, that's your business. If you choose to ignore it, that's your business. If you choose to say it was all made up, that's your business. This is our business. And we think we know what our business is. All right. What's next? Repeat. That's the big thing now. The circumstance. If Andy Reid was thinking about it, you win that second straight, how do you walk away when you have the chance to do something no one has ever done? It is legendary. It is history. Here's both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes talking about the possibility of going three in a row with Super Bowl wins. You don't really go there when you're in this thing. You, you, you go uh, back to your dark room and the film and uh, the draft coming up and the combine, all those things, that's kind of where you go. Um, and you're not talking three-peat. You're, um, well, I mean, some guys do, but, I, you know, it'd be great. I mean, I think always the challenge whenever you win, um, and what I've learned is how can you get better? How can you continue to get better? That's what it takes. In this league, everybody gets better every single year. Um, and so whenever you win a championship, you, you celebrate, and you're like, let's just go do it again. And I think that was something that I learned from the, the first one that we lost when we tried to get the back-to-back is um, everybody was like, we're just going to run it back and do it again. This is what we're going to do. And um, I feel like we fell short that way. And so for, now it's let's get better. Let's find a way, whatever that small thing is, to get better at uh, every single person individually. Um, 
um, and then as a team. Um, and let's just come, come with our best football and our best effort, and um, hopefully that, that's coming back and we're able to be, I think it's in New Orleans and, and on this podium again. Hey, Chris, you know where three-peat comes from? You know where the term comes from? There's a story behind it. Well, I don't know if I do. I mean, the first time I remember hearing the phrase was, you know, Roger Craig and Jerry Rice on the sidelines in the Superdome right after Super Bowl 24 where they blew out the Broncos. I thought that was the first time I heard that phrase, but there's more to that story. Let me hear it. It comes from basketball. It comes from Showtime. It comes from the Lakers. It was coined gotcha. after they won two in a row. Right. And and Pat Riley filed for trademark protection for the term three. That's amazing. In advance right. of their attempt to win three in a row. They failed, but then when the Bulls won three in a row and they sold merchandise with three peat on it, Pat Riley got paid, baby. So, That's get amazing. ready, Pat Riley. If the Chiefs pull it off, you're going to get yourself a little, a little. Uh, I don't know if he's still working, if he's, it's retirement money or not, but it's a little extra no, cash no. to go, he's still to, go to Vegas with. He can, go, he can go be a whale and piss money away at the craps table because he's going to get some money from the Chiefs if they pull off the three-peat and they sell stuff with three-peat on it. That's incredible. I did not know that. You know, I, I kind of remember that from the show a little bit. But, hey, what we're talking about here, I mean, we're talking about one of the more special teams we've ever seen. They're doing it in a way that I don't think we've ever seen before, too, right? It's, we've talked about it, the theatrics, the people around it. Like, it's, it's the, the greatest show in the world right now, a traveling concert. Everybody wants to be a part of the Chiefs and see that. You win a thir- third, third in a row? Right, We saw the 88-89 Niners get really close to 90 to do it. We saw the 92-93 Cowboys get really close to 94. But in my lifetime, that's as close as I ever saw it before. Right, We saw the Patriots in 2003-2004, the game where you know Champ Bailey had the 99-yard interception yep. return against Brady. But that was the divisional playoff. Uh, so... Yeah, you want to separate yourself, make yourself special, a special dynasty, maybe different than the rest, this would be one way to do it. And, of course, with this quarterback, some of the youth on the team like we talked about, uh, and the mindset that I feel like they've got the right mindset now, too. You know, I think Mahomes hit it right, where early on in his career was like, hey, we're just awesome and we'll be back. They realize it's more than that. There's more detail. And, you know, the heck with everybody else. It's about yourself getting better, and we'll see if they can take advantage of it. It's going to be fun to watch, and they're certainly not going to back down from the challenge. Put that graphic back up, please. I want to look at that graphic because I have some memories about some of these potential three-peats being derailed. The Dolphins in 74, that was the sea of hands game against the Raiders. The throw by Ken Stabler to Clarence Davis in the end zone, which was just incredible. I remember watching that game live when it happened, when the Dolphins were finally derailed in their attempt to win three in a row. The Steelers, 76, lost to the Raiders. It would have been a rematch with the Vikings if the Steelers had won that. The Cowboys and the 49ers, obviously, in 94, that was when that run finally ended, and then they would come back the next year and win the Super Bowl. And then the Broncos missed the playoffs the next year after winning two in a row because Bubby Brister was the quarterback, not John Elway. Not that John Elway could have done it another year because I think the tank was empty by then, Chris, but... If Elway was just a year or two younger when they finally put it all together, maybe they would have been good enough to win three in a row. That year that they won their second, they were the last unbeaten team in the NFL, and they rolled all over the Falcons after the Falcons upset the Vikings in the NFC Championship. They could have been primed to do three in a row if Elway would have had another year or two left. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. They had it rolling, their team, the running game, Terrell Davis – Shanahan was in his prime. You're right. They were extremely dominant, really, for three years in a row, right? We're upset in the 96 playoffs before they won the two Super Bowls in 97 and 98. Uh, But it's hard. I mean, 
you know, just imagine if the Chiefs came back next year without Patrick Mahomes. You had to be a different team. We know how special those type of guys are. And, you know, I, I don't I, I don't doubt anything with this this group right here. I don't. The way they embrace the big lights, the moments of the game, right? The big moments of the game, you know, they're just incredible that way. I, I just can't say it enough where how many times have we gone, ooh, they're kind of being outplayed and – Oh, wow, they pulled it off. They're the ultimate get-it-done football team. And I don't think anything reflects that more, too, than what we're seeing from, you know, Mahomes, Mini Goat Jr., whatever you want to call him, one of the greatest ever, and the fact that, I mean, are you kidding me already that, like, here's perspective. We're talking about a guy who's already broke Tom Brady's fourth-quarter, you know, wins when trailing by seven points and his career is still 12 13 years behind Tom Brady in totality right the theatrics the big moments I think that speaks to it they're not always dominating football games but they just hang around and they hang around and they believe in themselves that they're gonna pull it out in the clutch I mean Brady's played what 40 something 50 something playoff games right and now here it is, Bray, uh, Mahomes, he's got, what, nine, nine seven-point comebacks already? And I think Brady had ten. I misspoke earlier there, so I'm a little off. But either way, it's incredible to the point I'm making, and, uh, and I hope everybody can realize that. And think about their mindset entering this season. I know Andy Reid tried to make it seem like routine, back-to-the-lab, meetings, free agency, draft, etc., but but they have a very clear and defined goal. They've put in a lot of the hard work to put themselves in position to accomplish this. It's one thing to say, well, we won the Super Bowl last year. Okay, now we're back to zero and zero, and everyone else is coming after us. And, man, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be hard. And we just won a Super Bowl. You know, having Mahomes trying to get to Brady's seven helps counter that. Trying to get to three in a row helps counter it also. Because now it's not about trying it's to a go different back goal. climb the mountain you've just climbed twice. Right. It's a completely right. different goal. Right. It's a completely different yeah. goal. And they just went through a season where they screwed around a little bit too much. They played with their food right. a little bit too much. They right. lost games they should have right. won. I could see Patrick Mahomes when the dust settles on 2023. When he has a little time to process mentally what happened last season, I can see him getting pissed and getting determined. And that's bad news yes. for everybody. That I don't want to play right. these games next year of, you know, we, 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 we think we can just show up and win. We got to be, if we want to get to three in a row, we got to bring our best every week. We got to treat every week like it's a playoff game and it'll be worth it on the back end. We will make the sacrifice for this season because to do it this one season, if we can do it again, we will have done something that no one has ever accomplished and might never accomplish again because you're not even in a position to try until you win two in a row. You don't even right. get the chance right. to finish the climb to the top of that mountain until you've already gotten almost to the top of it by winning two in a row. So I... When you consider what he can do when he is determined to do it in the postseason, five and one when trailing by 10 points in the postseason since 2019. The rest of the NFL is six and 48 when down by 10 or more points in the postseason. When he takes that determination that we see in January and extrapolates it all the way back to week one, good Lord. Hey, folks. I know you like your teams out there, and I know everybody's zero and zero, and I know everybody's going to try to come up with arguments as to how and why and where their team might be able to pull it off this year. <clears throat> uh -huh. Yeah. Sit back this, and witness this is history. Where, Just sit back and witness where, history. This is where the league messed up by letting the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. A year where... <laughs> they didn't play their best, and they still won it. And we see that with dynasties every now and then, where like a team here, like they win one they weren't supposed to win, 
and it catapults them, you know, into another, you know, what do you want to say, motivation, whatever it may be, along the lines you're talking about, right? We heard, like, you heard me say a little bit lean up. They remind me of the 88 49ers, right? Didn't play great all season, but kind of got it together late in the year and then made the playoff run and won the Super Bowl. I feel it's very similar. And, Mike, we talk about this a lot in when we get in regular season games and a team that a good team wins a game, but they played bad, right? And we always go, ooh, it's kind of the perfect formula for the coach to motivate the football team, right? You guys played bad, but we won. But I can also point out these things and go, wait, this wasn't good. We're not going to be as good. We're not going to get where we want. We're not going to win next week if we don't fix some of these issues. I feel like in a bigger scale, to your point, I think that's what we're going in. I think we're going into like, yeah, they're going to go back. They're going to watch film of last year. They're going to break down the season. Mahomes is going to watch it. And they're going to realize they really didn't play good football. And they're going to be motivated by that. And it's going to let Andy Reid kind of have carte blanche and getting on the team and going, if we play like we did last year, we're not going back to the Super Bowl. And I think it's the perfect motivational jump-off point, like you're talking about, and then along with the three-peat dangling in front of them, where you could separate yourself from all the greatness and hierarchy and the history of football. Man, that that's that's kind of special. What did I say? Did I say something? Well, well, anytime you say the word dangling, it makes me think of your interpretation of the taunting <laughs> rules, which I will not mention again. I mentioned them at the live show last Wednesday, and and. Folks, don't start emailing me about a Simsism. It's not a Simsism if all the letters are in the right order. It's a pronunciation thing. It's carte blanche, carte blanche, close enough. Not a Simsism. I'm and also, I've already I'm got French. Packers fans. I've got, I've got Packers fans <laughs> defending the cheese by saying, "Hey, man, we won three in a row." Well, you didn't win three Super Bowls in a row. We're talking about Super Bowls. I'm sorry they didn't start the Super Bowl a year earlier, so you could have won three in a row. This is about Super Bowls. I don't care about NFL championships. This is about Super Bowls. Nobody's won three in a row. That's the conversation we're having. That's the history that the Chiefs are trying to make. Three straight Super Bowls is something no one's ever done and might never do, and this is their chance. And I can see Mahomes, Chris, saying, send me to work out with these receivers. I want to know the top 20 receivers you're looking at. I'll go see all of them. I'll go throw with all of them. We're going to find the right guys to come in here. So I don't have to worry about Chubbs, Tony dropping passes. And I'm surprised he's even still on the team. Yesterday was the opening of the waiver period, although I think they're probably going to try to trade him before they would just cut him. But Mahomes, I think, is going to be fully engaged. He's going to be, ter- be determined. He, Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be? You are on the brink. You owe it to yourself and your legacy. And you want to separate from Tom Brady? You want to do something Tom Brady's never done? You might not get to seven, but you can get to three in a row. Something he never did and something he never will do. So, Chris, I, you know, it's funny. I hadn't really thought about it until we started having the conversation. There's so much to process and talk about in the aftermath of the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are going to be even better next year. I do, too. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, I expected, you know, again, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be erring on the side of, we talked about it. It wasn't great football. They're going to realize it. You know, they played their best football at the end of the season. They're going to ride that wave right into the offseason. The three-peat's going to motivate them. And I think they're going to get a few new players in there, too, that are going to add to a little pizzazz through the locker room, whether it's free agency. And I think this this is a year where I could see them using one of their first or second-round picks on a wide receiver. Right, You look at the rest of the roster and you go, where are really the holes? I know we got Legereus Sneed and needs to get paid. Chris Jones is going to want to get paid. But on defense, that side of the ball, they're really, for the most part, set up. On the offensive side of the ball, okay, maybe a, a tackle. You know, We'll see what happens with Donovan Smith. I don't know, but they're okay there. Right? I think the biggest thing for the Kansas City Chiefs, they get another receiver, another weapon on the offensive side of the ball wow, well, they have a lot of talented football players and make every team they play worry about a lot of different things they can do. We need to take a break, but one of the things I think that 
established teams who have won championships need to do to stay fresh is bring in veterans who don't have any rings of their own. Yeah, that gives you right. an extra little kick. Somebody that's never climbed the top of the mountain. So I can get my first ring and I can be part of history as the Chiefs try to get three in a row. We have busted the wall of one hour of the program. Seven segments. We spent a full hour on one. We will get six in in the second hour. Segment two coming up, and we'll talk more about the overtime situation. Chiefs players seemed to know what was going on with the rules. Did the 49ers players fully understand what they were walking into? We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.